0: Sit down, strap in, and granny put your teeth in your
1: pocket. Lead Lap Radio powered by HMS Motorsport, the leader in motorsport
2: safety, starts now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a, another week, a broadcast on the Performance Motorsports Network and, of course, on our Race Chaser Media Twitch.tv home as well, whichever way you're. Ingesting our content here, we appreciate you being here, and we are live with another League Lap show. We've got uh, Austin Terrio, who's uh, supposed to be joining us in studio here shortly. We look forward to that. Uh, also, we have, uh, of course, uh, a, a show full of debate, discussion, and debate because, well, some things happened. Over the weekend, just a little, just a little. Um, And we're going to we're going to talk about all of that. My name is Tom Baker. Jacob Seelman is to my right as you're looking at us in the studio. Actually, I guess that would not be true. As 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 we're looking at you through the camera, he's to my right. Randy Miller is to my left. And Chris Murdoch is over in the tech shed across from us. Um, he is punching audio and video buttons, and also he will join in as... Randy's uh,
3: partly on the screen. You, so Randy works.
2: needs you, to slide over? Okay. We'll, you you we'll can't see to, Chris,
4: but he does exist.
2: Well, I'll get uh, a little bit kind closer Kind of like here. we could only see half of you, but
4: you still exist. That's exactly right. Yeah.
2: And um, so I don't, we,
4: don't sound 12 anymore. We
2: have <laughs> Yeah. Randy had a few Thank voice God. issues last week. Yes. He went through uh, another puberty. I did. Um, and is now uh, a man the once second again. Second time was worse than the first. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh so we're looking forward to this show and of course, you know, it's it's always uh when you have a weekend like we had just in general, whether it's NASCAR or the local scene, I mean we had a, a spin and win in the NASCAR Wheel and Modified tour by Justin Monsignor. We'll get to that. Um, in, in a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, it's always a challenge to even know where to start. <laughs> and, you know, I guess because our please. guest is not here yet. Yes, please, by all means,
0: let's just start right at the biggest bombshell of them all, shall we? My neighbors are still throwing
2: fireworks. <laughs>
5: <laughs> not
2: that kind <laughs> oh, of bombshell. Okay. Well, I, okay. I hope I hope they don't set your Christmas decorations no, on fire. I still it's think like, it's the 4th of July. Yeah, but, you know, looking forward to um what's to, to to come here but we'll start we'll start with the most recent bombshell as jacob <laughs> jacob uh, brought up justin haley is a winner in the cup series i will say that again justin haley is, is a, a winner, winner in the, the cup, cup series, series. Uh, and if you
3: did not know that thank you for crawling out of your rock to listen to this show yes
2: uh we're, we're going to tell you all about it for for the two of you that missed it we're going to tell you all about it um Look, first of all, to, to the question of should Justin Haley's win be considered legitimate? I answer this. Did he take the checkered flag as the winner? The answer is yes. Even if it was red checkered. Even if it was red checkered. um, If you're not going to consider his win legitimate or you're going to somehow demean it because he was driving for a team that isn't a major team, well,
6: go away. away. I was going to say
0: take away every rain shortened race in history. I mean, uh, David Ruderman in the Coke 600 years ago.
2: Eric Almirola won. Michael Waltrip one of the 500s. Was yeah, 03. 03. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there, there have been munches. We can it's, go on all night. The, the race is official when NASCAR says it is. And in this case, I think it was the end of stage two. No, it was, we
0: were part way through, we were halfway through stage three, actually more than well, halfway. No, I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, to make an to official make race. To make an official race, yes. I think it was the lap end of stage one, yes. two, Yes, right? lap, lap yeah. 100.
2: So it, it was an official race, and had it rained at any moment, it would have been an official race, and it so happened that it just Justin chose, Haley it, was in the I elite. was going to
0: say, it chose to lightning, and then it chose to but rain. But if, yes.
3: if you ask Kurt Busch, NASCAR's out to get him. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, apparently. Yeah, Kurt's Kurt's an entertaining cat, isn't he? I mean, you know, NASCAR's out to get me. Uh, They've taken two away from me now. You know, it's like, well, they've taken— Hey, Kurt, if you want to
0: accuse anybody of being out to get you, look up, because I'm pretty sure the lightning bolt that stopped that race was an act of God.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's (laughs) that's just a deal where, at at this point, you can't—you know, it's like— people well kurt should have been the winner because he was leading and nascar lied they didn't lie i mean he, kurt decided to pit because nascar had said one to go then they had a lightning strike and they have a rule within eight miles if you get a lightning strike they have to stop that's for the safety of all of those who are exposed to the elements which is most of the people so you know this is not really that hard to understand um Kurt just actually got caught in a situation, not unlike when somebody pits and then the caution comes out. Correct. You get caught on pit road. It's the
4: same kind of a deal. Maybe the next time he wants to complain about NASCAR's ruling regarding lightning, we should give him a kite and send him outside. Yeah.
2: Exactly. <laughs> that, that would be if fun. If you come
4: back safe, we'll, we'll put the race back on. Otherwise, then... You know, I mean, that's, find somebody else to drive the one car next year. Yeah, sport. that's
2: the thing. Yeah. I mean, I you know I understand Kurt being frustrated, but I mean, it's just not accurate. And, and nor is it accurate to say that uh, Spire Sports teams, Spire Motor Sports is a start and park team. They haven't started and parked at all this year. That's correct.
0: They may not have the equipment they, to run competitively up front, but they right. have not started and parked once. You cannot you cannot start and park with the ch- under the charter system. You have to make an honest attempt to compete. Right.
2: And they paid a whole lot of money for that former front row, or I'm sorry, furniture row, furniture one of the row. rows. Yeah, um, for, yeah the furniture former furniture row, row charter. Charter. Um, they paid a doggone good amount of money, yes. and no, this win did not pay it off. No it, it,
0: no, it did not. For anybody who's wondering, well, how much did they pay for it? Uh, T.J. Puker, who's one of the co-owners of Spire Motorsports, actually told us that after the race on Sunday evening. Six million dollars they borrowed from uh, in a bank loan
2: to buy that charter six million bucks, so um, if that isn't serious enough to actually consider them serious as a race team that's trying to build into something now Correct. you know uh, some bozo from Yahoo Sports today had an article about well. Okay, um, racing's the only sport where you can actually drive for your agent. An agent can own, a, own the team. You can't, agent can't own a football team or a baseball team. Um, excuse me, pardon me, sir. This is not football or baseball. It doesn't work that way. Okay, it's a little funny. It's an odd situation, but you know what? They ponied up six million plus. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I have no problem with that. This is also the
0: same stooge referring to Nick Bromberg who pisses people off on Twitter on a regular basis. So I just, dear dear Bromberg,
2: go away. You just, you know, sorry, not sorry. Some, some folks, you just, I mean, he has a right to his opinion, just like everyone else does. But some folks... In this case, he's wrong. Right. <laughs> some fo- He has a right to be wrong, though. I mean, you must admit, that's... Yeah, you know, he does. He has a right to be wrong. But in this case, there are some folks that you just get the idea they have no clue how the sport works and don't care. Pretty much. You yeah. know, it's like, I have no problem with criticizing something. I'm not totally... I do. Do I feel like it's not... A little strange to have an agency that's got many different ties of the sport on a team it probably is is it a some sort of conflict of interest i don't know but they're here and you know they're putting the team on on the track every week and they're trying to do their best and justin haley the twice he's driven that car on the big speedways has done very very well so you know, the fact that he happened to be in the right place at the right time and the fact that he had to miss an accident um to to win and was sitting there when the race got called. Correct. As far as I'm concerned, great job, Justin. Peter Sospenzo called a brilliant strategy play. Yep. He knew he knew their
0: chance was to stay out and hope for a miracle. Yeah. And they got it. Yeah, <laughs> that I mean, I mean, as convoluted as it is, Jeff Gluck was correct on Twitter today.
2: That is a strategy. That is a strategy. I mean, and that's the thing. It's like there are a lot of teams who do that on a regular basis, you know, at these speedways because they know this is their only chance to win. Um, so you're you're trying to do something crazy. You're trying to be off sequence. You're trying to to somehow come up with something. And when you know it's going to rain, everybody ratchets things up a little bit. And, you know, it so happened that um, they did the right thing. So as far as I'm concerned, totally legit, thrilled for Justin. And I don't believe it's going to be the last cup when he gets. I think it's the first of many because this kid is a rising star. And for those of you who don't know Justin, he is as humble as it gets. Um, He works his tail off in terms of training and trying to be in the best shape possible and does everything that's asked of him. Yes. Um, You know, and so... Uh, you you in and, and no, he did not just buy the ride. I mean and he certainly earned uh, the situation at uh, That he's got, you know at colleague racing and had a great weekend after you know as far as I'm concerned at Daytona He's been screwed twice on bad calls by NASCAR um, and so Uh, you know, he got his redemption on Sunday. He was able to come back up through Saturday night and finish second, and we'll get to all that here in due course. But Sunday, I mean, goodness gracious, when you think about NASCAR and you think about who you expect to see in the top ten at the end of a NASCAR race on Sunday. It wouldn't be anybody that finished in the top ten.
3: I I forget who posed the question, but somebody said, do we see a first-time winner? Most of us said yes, but we didn't pick Justin Haley. Uh,
2: no. Yeah. I mean, that would have even been, you know, I may have called Trevor Baynes win in 2011, but I actually had logic behind that. No one would have ever thought Justin Haley wins. But you look at the top 10, Haley gets the win. Now, I have to admit, William Byron finishing second for me personally, I was actually hoping, and, and nothing against Justin. I'm thrilled Justin won. But there was a part of me that really wanted Byron to win because after what happened on Friday with uh blocking 101 uh with professor yes. brad oh,
3: hey, hey brad harvick didn't lift yeah <laughs>
2: yeah kevin didn't lift so brad ends up in the fence and and byron runs for the win finishes second with jimmy johnson finishing third i mean this whole top 10 i'm just gonna read the top 10 that we can kind of discuss the debate justin haley wins byron second johnson third tied deal in fourth Ryan Newman, fifth. Corey LaJoy, sixth. Eric Alvarola, seventh. Matt De Benedetto finishes eighth. Good job for De Burrito. Matt Tift finishes ninth on the three year anniversary, shall we say, weekend of, of his, his brain, brain surgery, surgery yep. brain, brain tumor being removed. Yep. And uh, Kurt Busch finishing in tenth. And I guess we're going to have to, uh, uh, we got to go to a break here. But when we come back, we'll talk more about that top 10, some interesting notes about some of those guys so stick around league lap presented by hms motorsport the leaders in motorsport safety we'll be right back right after this
1: you own a performance car and you know how to drive but you want to learn real performance driving That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, rev up your career. Hi, I'm Tyler Reddick, and you're listening to
2: Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. welcome back to Lap radio presented by hms motorsport the leaders in motorsport safety oh by the way if you are looking for any type of safety gear driver safety radios any type of safety gear uh just go to hmsmotorsport.com they are not only the leaders in the industry in terms of uh having just about anything you can imagine for driver safety uh, regardless of the, the discipline of the sport that you're competing in, but they are experts in the field as well who have helped to. Uh, run a lot of the SFI regulations and such, and worked with a lot of different uh disciplines, sanctioning bodies, and such to uh help make sure that the drivers are safe that race in those those divisions. So, um, it's not just a sales pitch, these guys knows, know what they're doing, and they will help you to find the right equipment for your type of racing. HMSMotorsport.com, and you should look them up. Do they have anything for thunderstorm safety? Uh, perhaps they might have one of those, you know, they might have a doggy sweater or something. Okay. that's your, your yep. A lot of jars are um, probably looking for that over the, since the weekend. Yeah. Um. So anyways, back to race talk here. Tom Baker, Randy Miller, Jacob Seelman, Chris Murdoch over there, punching buttons, keeping us on the air and uh, talking Daytona and talking about the top 10 in yesterday's um, cup race. Uh, and again, I mean, you, you can, you, we talked about William Byron a little bit, but his best run obviously his best finish. Oh, absolutely. Um, and you just get the feeling that this kid is just this far away from getting a win, don't you? I know it's absolutely. Daytona, but he's shown it on some of the other tracks leading
0: up to this. Three poles this year. Yep. He's starting to hit his stride. He's yep. second among the Hendrick drivers right now in points, playoff eligible as it sits. Yep. The kid is finally coming into his own – well, we say finally. He's really only in his second year at the cup level. And, I mean, how how many superstar rookies through the years have we really, truly had in the Cup Series? I mean, I can probably count them on about one hand and yep. maybe a half. I mean, yep. usually your first season at the top level of American stock car racing is <laughs> is not anything to write home about unless you're somebody, well, even Jeff Gordon's first season wasn't anything to write home about. It was the second year that he, you know, really burst started. onto the yep. scene and won mm-hmm. the championship there in 95. Yep. So I just get the sense that maybe we're starting to f- see the same thing with Byron and I do believe that once he gets a win he's going to get a bunch more in a hurry well, kind of like what kind of like what we talked about with Alex Bowman now Bowman kind of got uh ran out of the luck bank there when he got uh shall we say swept up in yeah. the whole Clint Boyer, Austin Dillon not agreeing on space thing Yeah but,
4: he didn't look like he had that much damage, though, in, in all honesty. Like, it doesn't I feel like take he, much. He, well, right, but I feel like with, with the way that Eric Jones hit him, I don't feel like he had that much damage. I feel like the team probably could have at least repaired to where he would have at least a top five finish. Well, he yeah, he would have had to get
0: the lap back first. I was going to say, he right. ended up a lap but down. I, like he would, I mean,
4: how many, how many cars legitimately go a lap down under race conditions? And a race at Daytona without having to pit, or you know what right. I mean. I mean, unless you get off sequence if with the rest be, of if the
0: you, leaders. Yeah, if you lose the draft, you're going to lose a lap.
4: Right. So but I mean, I guess the the
0: damage it would have, have been. It uh, would have depended if the damage was enough to keep him out of the draft. Uh, really. Right. Exactly. See, that's the exactly. hard
2: part. Is it doesn't take much to make the car just even in yeah. the that middle of a draft.
0: Speaking of losing the draft, stop and consider this. By the way, during the first stage of that race, Justin Haley actually lost the well, draft, I wanna, and
3: I don't want to stop. Then I'll lose the draft. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: thank you Chris ding, but, um, ding, ding, sh- ding. we have a winner anyway consider that during stage one Justin Haley lost the draft lost a lap and at the stage break wasn't even the first car a lap down and was pinned a lap down at the start of stage two ultimately later gets his lap back but was still running 27th on lap 119 when the pack as Mike Bagley so eloquently put it, came flying apart in turn one.
4: Flying apart. Yep, the, 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 the train what derailed. Happened. Yeah. Is what happened.
0: Um, and, uh, he was 27th, picked his way through, and ends up winning the race. But you on know a what? What's, what's, interesting, it's great. What's,
4: what's interesting about that is that you hear people all the time talking about why drivers decide to back up and, and go to the back why. of the pack. Yep. That's exactly why. Because if you're far enough back, even if you lose a little bit of the draft, if you're far mm-hmm. enough back that you can see what's going on ahead of you, you have plenty of time to get there and see where you can maneuver yourself through and come out unscathed, i.e. Justin Haley, and right. end up in victory lane because right.
2: of it. yep. So. No, I agree. I th- I, I, but, it, and again, I mean, you look, at, you, you look at some of these other guys, it, Jimmy Johnson finishing third, I mean, ray of hope there maybe. Ty Dillon, again, best finish of the year in fourth. Ryan Newman, best finish of the year in fifth. Corey LaJoy, best finish ever in sixth. Um, with the uh, 32 car and, and Corey uh, getting baptized over the weekend. So uh, very uh, happy for for Corey to be able to take that step. Eric Almirola, uh finishing in seventh. Matt Burrito eighth. Matt T- Tift finishing ninth. And Kurt Busch hanging on to the top ten. Landon Castle finished up in 11th, but and it, he I, just as easily could well, have been he, well up farther than that. No, you know. c- he he could have,
0: if not for Landon taking the same approach as Kurt Busch did, Landon
2: Castle could have yeah. been Justin. Yeah. you know, it could
0: have been Landon Castle instead of Justin Haley. Yeah, yep. But, just, just that easily. I mean, five of the top nine, Haley, Byron, Ty Dillon, Corey LaJoy, and Matt Tift all reset their career best cup series finishes on Sunday. Well, Tift didn't have...
4: Too much to reset because he's only well, you know, he's only been running this year. Neither did neither but, did Justin for true, that matter. Right. So you, you look at the top thirteen guys on there. Um I don't count Kyle because obviously Kyle's JJ twelfth and Michael McDowell 13th. But Of the top thirteen, I don't think anybody in that top thirteen didn't like didn't need that that place yeah. of position that they finished in.
2: And this is my whole deal the with had. the argument that, you know, these tracks aren't good or we need to get rid of them or whatever. Right. It's like because it, anybody can win. That's kinda of the point. I mean it the the super speedways are the great equalizers. It's it's probably the, the, the four races out of the year when the mega teams don't have such a great advantage over the other right. guys, the other teams because so much of it depends on luck and positioning and staying out of trouble and putting yourself in the right spot for the end of the race. And, you know, Justin Haley may have been sitting 27th, but that just gives you a good idea of how volatile these races can be. And the iron—the irony is that if Kyle Busch was 27th, it ends up winning in the same situation. Nobody's questioning right. the fact that he just missed a wreck to win. You know, he missed a wreck win, so Everybody's it's not celebrating legit. celebrating it. Everybody's, yeah. you know, oh, Kyle, see you, Kyle, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, so you got to be happy for the kid. You got to be happy for the team. And, you know, I actually thought the racing was pretty doggone good. It was great. That you know, was a, all. Weekend, uh, I was. I was really. on,
0: Yes, I was on the edge of my seat, really, from from start to finish. Yeah. Uh, Friday night. Now, despite the couple of red flags that we had Friday night, I mean, if, not, if other than how long it took to actually finish the 250 miles, the racing yeah. itself, when it wasn't red flagged, was really good. It was. And yep. I think the the fact that the the 400 was postponed to Sunday afternoon was both a great thing for the racing because it brought handling into play which I think was awesome yeah because those cars were so difficult oh, to I drive and yeah. it was beautiful it was a thing of beauty but I also thought that that was kind of poetic because that's how the firecracker 400 started it started as a green flag at 10 or 11 in the morning get done with the race and then be on the beach before, you know, the yeah. end of the afternoon, yeah. yep. sort of a race. And yeah, to me, it just felt cool to be able to have that early afternoon start running under the heat of the sun, you know, just kind of a, a, a nod one more time back to the roots of that race before it becomes the regular season finale next
5: year.
2: Yeah. And see, personally, I liked the fact that it was run on Sunday afternoon, I mean I'm a little prejudiced because I had a track to be at on Saturday night, so it' have missed it but um but I still like the fact it was run in the afternoon because these tracks during the day are completely different to drive than they are at night there's they're so slick and it's just such a different presentation, and you know, I know that ten o'clock starts aren't practical anymore because well t v says so mm. um. Which is unfortunate, but you know that's where we are. Um, but I thought it was a better race for being a Sunday afternoon show. Oh, absolutely, show than without it would a doubt, on Saturday night, without to be a doubt. Honest. I think yeah. part of that though is
4: because of the fact that all these guys were racing aggressively, aggressively because they knew the rain was coming and just didn't know when the race well, might again, end. But. What that tells me is, is that if they're doing this because of rain this year, imagine what they're going to do next year when it's the regular season finale. Mm
2: -hmm. Well, that's see, and that's why I love that. And see, again, you're going to get purists. Well, that's awful. Yeah, you I've heard all So and so got eliminated, crashed, whatever. It's like, look, it. It's a race. You got to run it. And I love the 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 drama of that, and I love the fact that it's changed. You know, I'm sorry, but I, I to me, I didn't. I don't like. When I know the champion five weeks before the end of the season, and I certainly don't care for boring old racetracks. This is anything but. Give me this, give me short tracks, and I'm a happy guy. Um, The mile and a half haven't been bad this year, but, you know, they certainly aren't Daytona or Talladega, so... Um, I just enjoyed all of it. I thought the cup race was was a very good race. It was a very entertaining race. We've got about a minute or so, minute and a half left in, the, in this segment. We can at least start to transition to, um, I, in fact, before we leave cup, I'm just going to open the discussion about Friday and what happened with Brad and William Byron. And I'm going to pose the question and we'll all talk about it after the break. Are you buying or selling Brad Keselowski's mindset that it's okay to teach William Byron a lesson in the middle of practice at the front of a pack. We'll respond to that after the break. You're listening to League Lap Radio, and we'll be right back.
1: or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. drift nirvana
2: getting you sideways the right way hms motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety hms serves a majority of nascar indycar and IMSA weather tech teams as well as countless scca and club level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout north america Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Olero Fireproof Underwear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even RaceCom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget.
9: Hi, I'm John Holloman, and you're listening to Race Talk of the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show.
2: <laughs> well, how perfect that, that a Bowman Gray driver would bring us back into this segment where we are discussing uh, teaching people lessons. And, I bet he said, woohoo well, who the other night? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Randy Miller... Are you buying or are you selling that Brad Kay needed to teach William Byron a lesson uh, during practice on Friday when they were both leading a pack of cars? First of all, sir, talking
4: about Brad Kozlowski, what goes around comes around. So you it can did. you can do whatever you want to because you're a professional race car driver and you have that right. But just be forewarned that when you do something to somebody, it's going to come back and, and something's going to happen to you, which it did on Sunday. But you you have to understand that obviously people, if you're in NASCAR, you are a professional. You wouldn't be in the sport if you weren't a professional. He knows how to drive. He's driving for Hendrick. He doesn't have any problem knowing how to drive. He still may be a little bit of a rookie. I mean, he's, you know, he's on his second year. But cut the kid a break. All right. He's better than you. He will be better than you if he, you know, in the next six months or a year, he'll probably be beating your butt on the racetrack anyway. So, shut up. Just shut up. (laughs) Well, you know how Randy feels about it. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) Just shut up. Jacob, how do you feel about it? Time and place is my response to that. At the front of a pack, in the middle of practice, was not the time nor the place. Period. It— do I get the point? Yes. Do I think that Brad went about it the right way? Absolutely not. But I get the point. I, th- there comes a point where you have to understand that in this style of racing, I, 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 I could read your mind. I know where you were going with this. There comes a point you, in this style do? of – I feel like I do. I've known you long enough to at least kind of have a general I idea. I think you'll be surprised, but okay. I. Uh, In this style of racing, there there does come a point where you can't lift and you have to be out for yourself, but it's absolutely senseless to risk or, you know, God forbid, William hadn't been able to save it, actually wreck 5, 10, 15 cars in practice.
2: Come on, Brad. You're smarter than that. Okay. Here's my response. My name is William Byron, and Brad Keselowski's an ass. (laughs) That's my response. Um, So we're unanimous on this. Yes, we are unanimous. It's like, Brad, like you said, and you said it right, time and place. Here's how men, who are men, who are race car drivers, deal with this situation. They walk over to the driver who offended them, and they say, listen, son, you know, Richard Petty, they just, it's the big old finger. Daryl Waltrip got the finger a number of times from Richard Petty, not that finger, this finger in the chest. You just poke him in the chest and give him the old what for. That's how you settle things and how you teach young drivers lessons. You don't go out and spin them and potentially crash six or seven other cars that will, by the way, you don't own. Okay, look, It it just, to me, that was completely unacceptable. I blocking I hate the idea but this is what we have uh-huh this is what we're this is where we're at William Byron I still don't think Brad really explained the difference between a bad block and a good block Mm-mm. you know I don't I don't understand I don't think he communicated bad block versus good block he just spun him out that doesn't teach anything it's just payback I'm not because somehow he made you mad I mean in all
0: fairness I'm not sure that it's so much bad block versus good block as it is you can make a good block with a good race car because a fast car means people can't get close enough to you to prevent you from c- blocking them Well momentum. this is
2: this is the thing it's like I don't understand the whole bad block good block exactly. thing Exactly it, it it's more about the car than it is about the move Here's here's an example Okay we have Austin Dillon, Clint Boyer. The two of them are racing. They're racing for a win. Clint Ziggs catches the back end of the three car, gets it out of shape. Austin, in trying to save the car, keeps coming, keeps left. coming left. He, okay, he, sa- he saved it, and then he tried to keep coming
0: left to right. block again. But, but again, good block, bad block.
2: Okay, it was a bad decision on Austin Dillon's part. It, it probably was, but here's—he he admitted it. Here's the problem with this: you have two, maybe three seconds to make that decision, and you know, Clint didn't seem to have any problem with the fact that he got the three car out of out of shape, trying to get down in front of him. He had a problem with the fact that Austin was able to save it and come down and try to block him, and and you know, end up causing a, a wreck. So, you know, my whole deal is these drivers ought to figure out the difference between a good block and a bad block. And we ought to have some kind of a, you know, of a seminar. And, you know, so everybody can explain what a good block to bad block is. And, you know, then we ought to go racing. I mean, I just don't get it. I, I thought what Brad did was it was stupid. It was careless. It was, you know, and, and it just was senseless. I don't think he taught William Byron anything because I don't think William knows any more about why that was a bad block before or, you know, whatever. So for me, it was just, it was just a, a bad way of trying to teach somebody a lesson. Well, I'm you not... also
4: have to think about the fact that NASCAR has a rule in place that says you have to lift or you <laughs> get penalized. I mean, yeah. you know, it's like I get what he's saying about I, I don't, I'm not going to lift, but you will lift if NASCAR right. tells you you will because yeah. otherwise you will be going to the back of the pack. Right. So yep. don't say I'm never going to lift because you, you will at well, some point.
2: you know that's the thing. It's like you know, you it, it, the whole thing just for me was was very, very senseless, and and I just didn't, I just didn't get it. Okay, so we move on to the Xfinity, Xfinity series. Too.
4: Still talking about Justin?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Really? <laughs> well, you know, and that's there again another reason. You know, you you just have situations sometimes where your your whole weekend just falls into place, mm-hmm. and Justin. Again, he had to overcome a stupid NASCAR call, um, except the difference is this time he actually had laps left to come back from the back of the field and, run, and, and at least run for the win. But how about Collie Racing, guys? I mean, oh. it, you know, Randy, this is a team that for the last, you know, few years that it's been in the series, they, they've they been good and they've shown flashes like they could be winning and championship capable, but they they've just kind of been good it's sort of like rcr in the cup series they just aren't all the way there yet Mm -hmm. um and all of a sudden this year here comes justin haley and here we go and he's he's now set a, a a single season record for them for most top tens in the season and it's not like the drivers they've had before have been drivers to sneeze at, but Mm -hmm. Justin's gotten it done. Mm -hmm. By the
0: way, I need to apologize for my face on camera just now. There was a gigantic thud over in the tech shed, and I'm beginning to wonder if Murdoch was still alive over there. Well,
2: he seems to be. He's rolling around. He seems to be slightly concussed, but...
0: (laughs) I don't know if he's concussed or he knocked something over, but either way, I thought myself... Something else might be concussed. um. One one of the computers (laughs) computers might be concussed. Sorry, Randy. (laughs) It was just one of those moments where anybody who was watching the video saw my face go uh he's
4: not, he's not in a panic <laughs> so i think everything somebody called I mean, my computer career We anyway i i've known i've known chris rice since before colleague grayson even started and, and i know how much chris wanted this to all happen and you know him now being president and you know i've been i've been friends with him since you know when the when the team first started with blake cook coming on board and I, I saw the struggle, and I saw them, you know, as much as the flashes that they were having, they were, they were missing something. And so they decided to go out and get a different driver. So two years last year they had Ryan Trix. Ryan Tricks made the chase for him, did a great job, but they were still missing something. Um, and so this year they went out and got Justin Haley, and I think that's the missing piece that they were missing. But so much has changed in that team just in the last year. I mean, Chris Rice is now the president of the team. Um, this is the first time that they brought three cars to the racetrack and they finished one, two, three, at least momentarily. Um, (laughs) Yeah, for a minute or two. Talk about that in a minute. Um, But just, you know, Chris was was on the Inside Pass a few weeks ago talking about how much he was excited to have Ross Chastain, you know, in the the, the 16 car at Daytona, how much he, you know, loved having Justin behind the wheel of the 10 car, how much that team gets along, how much that camaraderie that team has, um, and then being able to put AJ um, in there as well and having him run the 10 car i i know how much this win means to to chris rice and and matt colligan and everybody over there um and, and i i personally am excited to for him and for matt colligan and for the entire team because of where they've started and where they are now they are leaps and bounds better and they i think friday night or saturday friday night friday night friday, 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 night, friday night yeah sir the race got me all turned around. Um, I think Friday night they proved that they are not just a mediocre team. Yeah, they are. They I are agree. a a team that's yep. here to win races and win championships, and it starts with Justin Haley.
2: Well, and I know again, it's it's Daytona. I get it, but you know it isn't like Justin hasn't been running well all season, or Ross hasn't run yeah. well, and other drivers haven't run. College well. College racing has been competitive College all season. Racing has yeah. been very good throughout the season, and and like I said, Justin Haley now has the single season record for the team for most top tens. And we've still got a bunch of races left to go. And we can only imagine that with him coming off his first cup win, doesn't matter how you got it. It's still the adrenaline still the same. And you're still going to go back to Xfinity now and know that you've won a cup race. So that's Mm -hmm. just going to give you that little extra boost, that little extra, um, you know, bit of confidence. And um, I think you're going to see a a, a very different colleague racing uh, going forward. And we do expect two full-time cars out of that stable in 2020. And again, you'd have to think, I think it's fair to speculate, that uh, Ross Chastain would... Be very, very high on the list of choices. He may have just punched his if, ticket if, if, he doesn't get a call for a top cup ride. So we'll yeah. have to see.
0: Uh, let Let's be clear. I think right now Chris Rice's list is Ross Chastain and. Uh, wait, Ross Chastain. Yeah. <laughs> he he, pretty much said in the post-race press conference, we intend to have you know w- without coming right out in these words and saying it, we intend to have two full-time Cup car or uh, full-time Xfinity cars next year. I mean to say, uh, but he did say point blank, I want Ross Chastain in well, the ten car. yeah, like
2: I said, I, I I would imagine that if Ross doesn't get a call about the one car uh, for Chip Ganassi, if Kurt Busch comes back ross ross would be the leading candidate for the 10 cars so we'll talk about aj Almendinger's part in all this uh when we come back around the turn and plenty more to get to as well still more controversy we haven't covered all that yet we'll be back with more of League lap radio presented by hms motorsport the leaders of motorsport safety right after this
8: edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in, you need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu.
1: Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less,
6: at what age and size should a child start using a booster seat?
7: Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
3: Hi, I'm Tyler Dipple, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show.
2: Welcome back to App Radio or TV, however you want to look at it. We're kind of both. We're live on PMN Radio, and we're also live on Twitch.tv. Just go find Race Chaser Media on Twitch, and you've got it. Um, We uh, are excited to be doing this again uh, this week, obviously, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsports safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. And I also want to say a special thank you to our other two main supporters here in the race chaser family, that being strutmasters.com. Uh, the If you want to improve your suspension, I don't care if you have a car or a motorcycle, the softer ride is just a phone call away, or you can visit the website strutmasters.com, the experts in suspension give them a call reach out to them and also mycomputercareer.edu training for a better life and of course if you want to if you're interested in a career change or you just want something different to do uh, for a job it may be for you they have a free career evaluation there just go to mycomputercareer.edu and Take the career evaluation if you decide to go forward. Pretty simple. They have financial aid if you qualify, including the GI Bill, and you can complete um, all of the training that you need in as little as four months, not even doing it full-time, just a few days a week, either online or at one of their campuses. My Computer Career is not rocket science. It's just mycomputercareer.edu, and they will fix you up right. Tom Baker, Randy Miller, Jacob Seelman, disguised as an empty seat for the moment. He's overworking with Chris on some things. He'll be back. He's
4: forgiven as long as he comes back in here to deploy. Yes. Um... I want him to dipple on his yeah, day. Yeah,
2: we day. haven't seen dippling Jacob, but only once this year. Although he
4: almost killed himself earlier during commercial break, yeah. so we really don't want him to do <laughs> it anymore. He almost dipped himself
2: right into the ground getting up, <laughs> uh, a while ago. He did. Um, we had to, almost had to pick him yes. up off the floor.
4: He's playing on mycomputercareer.edu tech.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, moment, so, so uh, as we continue <clears throat> to talk about Xfinity and talk about colleague racing, A.J. Digger, Randy, was um, was added to the team for Daytona. I, first of all, I just thought that it was cool that A.J. was able to be sort of an in-race reporter. Yeah. Because yeah. well, I, I love the guy's personality, first of all. He fits right. Justin Haley, Ross Chastain, and A.J. Allmendinger are like the three stooges. Yes. And I mean that in the funniest possible way. A lot of Um, that
4: is because of Chris Rice, because he brings out the funny. Well, but
2: they're all naturally goofy. They are are naturally They're very naturally goofy people, and and a lot of fun to be around. All of them are. Yes. Um, But AJ fit right in with them and gave that car one heck of a ride. Now, we, we now know that, of course, he was DQ'd, but we should clarify something just for those who want to jump on the... Okay, he was illegal to wonder did look here's the deal. It was a faulty seal is what it was. I mean, it wasn't something the team did. It happened during the race um and you know they they are making no uh moves as far as I'm aware to protest the penalty. It nope. just you know and it it's a shame because a it spoiled a one two three finish uh that really saw a j like i said he he gave that car a great ride and and i you know, I feel like that's a guy who, as much as I love seeing him in the broadcast booth doing IMSA stuff, that's a guy who ought to be in a car. He's got plenty left in the tank to go win races and championships in the right situation. and, Um, you know, he just, he really did a good job. I think
4: he proved that on Friday night too, because w- when you see him in that car and you, and even the way he acted during the stage breaks when they were talking to him, he yep. sounded like somebody who was, had a rejuvenated focus. Like somebody who was like, look, right. You know, yes, I'm not in the car right now, but yep. if you put me back in a, in a good winning car, I'm still just as competitive as I was, you know, when I was with JT JTG. Exactly. Or, you know, I, I could still be a winning driver again. I just need good quality equipment to do that. And Matt, Matt, colleague, and, and Chris Rice gave him that opportunity, and he went out there and showed that he is just as competitive. You know, if given the opportunity to do it, and he's going to have like four or five more opportunities to do that this year. So,
2: do you, um, do you feel like that AJ in a colleague car, if given a full time opportunity? Could run for a championship just as well as Chastain or Haley.
4: I I don't I think he could, but I don't I think it's going to take him a little bit more time because he's not. After you've been out for a little while, you're not as accustomed to. I've been out for that. Long. Well, he hasn't been out for that long. If he but was in cup last. It year. took him a little while being even when he was in the date the JTG car. It took him a little while to get accustomed to running ovals because he was always a road course guy. So yeah. it took him a little bit to get accustomed, and once he got accustomed to it, and he had a you know season or so under his belt, then he started going. Oh, okay, okay, now now I get what I'm saying. You know, I get what I'm doing now. So I feel like you know maybe the first few races of the season it might take him a little bit of time, but then once he gets going, he'll be fine. He would be fine. I, think. I
2: I think it would be a an amazing three car team. I, I don't think, think I'd want to see Collie go
4: to three next. Year. Maybe in 2021 go to three, but I I don't I don't like teams. Going, getting too big too fast because I feel like when you put all your resources into multiple things at once, you start thinning out the herd a little bit, and your your quality of of uh, of rides and your quality of resources isn't as right. good as you are when you downsize. Look what happened with, with Roush this year. Look what happened mm-hmm. with the RCR this year. They canned a bunch of stuff and they're competitive again.
2: So I'm mm-hmm. going to go back uh from the Xfinity to cup for a second Mm -hmm. because I just happened to pop on my we're waiting for Austin Terrio to get here to the studio he's on his way um so I wanted to, to check and see if there were any messages from him but um I I just looked at my phone NBC Sports has posed an irresistible question about Justin Haley okay so I'm gonna go around the table here um and if Jacob is able to come back in we'll we'll let him jump in as well but um is Justin Haley's win at Daytona the greatest upset in NASCAR Cup Series history? And then comes Jacob. Mm. Just in time to answer the question, I'm going to make him wait. Well, he gets his head set. I will start with Randy. Is Justin Haley's win at Daytona? The greatest upset in NASCAR history, Randy. I wouldn't say it's the greatest upset. I mean, I feel like it's an
4: upset, but even now, even still, when you think about strategy and, and, you know, things like that, it's not really that much of a surprise. I mean, anybody can win at Daytona. So if this was like Bristol or Martinsville or someplace like that, I could say, okay, it's a surprise, but it's Daytona. We all know when you go to Daytona, one of 43 drivers or 40 drivers can win the race. So I don't think it's that big of an upset, really. Jacob, in all honesty, um, I'm dying to
2: hear your answer
0: because I just thought this was a great question. It, it, it is a great question. However, um, I am completely going to disagree that it's the greatest upset in NASCAR history. I mean, well, nobody's really said it is yet. So you're now
2: no. <laughs> disagreeing with He's with agreeing to disagree to disagree dis- to disagree I'm
0: disagreeing with NBC Sports because I feel well, like they they're just kind posed of... the question. They aren't saying feel like they're kind of implying that it might be. It um, might be
4: in on their network coverage well they of the sport. Now, they are but. implying
0: that. That's they're asking a question. Now I in my opinion, the greatest upset in NASCAR history did come at Daytona. Really? But it did not come in you know it it was for a completely different reason. To, to me, it's not just about a driver domin- you know, coming out of nowhere to win a race, but it's also about the circumstances that led that driver to that race. To me, if we're talking greatest upset in NASCAR history, I actually look at the tiny Lund Daytona 500 win. Because he shouldn't he should not have Good even one. been in that race. He was Good he one. was a nobody and the Wood Brothers picked him to fill in for Marvin Panch after Tiny helped pull Marvin from a burning sports car. And he goes out, leads thirteen laps on a bizarre strategy, puts himself in the perfect position, and wins the race. I mean to me that that race I consider the greatest upset in NASCAR history not just because Tiny came out of nowhere to win it, but because he shouldn't have even been in that yeah. race to begin with. The circumstances that got him in the race, may, you know, just him being in the race was an upset. Let alone to actually win it. I, I know he was with the Wood Brothers and they were a power team at that point, but still, to me, if we're talking about greatest upsets in NASCAR history, that race and Tiny Lund winning the Daytona 500 is that for me because of how he got there.
2: Well, that's, I had, I would have totally forgotten about that. That's a very interesting one. I got another one. Lenny Pond winning in Junior yeah. Don Levy's number 90 in the 1978 Talladega 500. Um, he he had all of one win in a long NASCAR Cup history. 88 top tens, five poles, but only one win. And it was at Talladega. So I'm well, going to... don't we to... talk
0: about Daytona and Talladega making superstars? Yes. You know, making superstars. Because... Yes. Some, you know, that that's the only win for some drivers yep. in their career. Richard Brickhouse, the first Talladega race. Uh, Phil Parsons, I think, won his only cup race. Yep. Uh, at, I don't remember you if know. it was Daytona or Talladega, but <laughs> Trevor th- Bain.
2: I was going to say, I would think Trevor would have to qualify, even though I picked it. I mean it's it's it, there are drivers like that David Reagan you know I mean yeah uh, winning it if you, in the
0: 34 car or uh, if you want to get away from uh Daytona and Talladega for a minute Paul Menard in the Brickyard 400 was a yeah. pretty big upset I mean I mean
2: there's been a lot of them over the years I agree and I think so I think this is I think this may this may have been from a team standpoint maybe I mean, nobody would have expected Spire Motorsports to have a winning car anywhere at this point in their, you know, evolution. Um, But again, on a super speedway, you know, so maybe in that sense, but I mean, Justin Haley's been up front at Daytona in everything else he's raced. Justin
0: Haley winning at Daytona is not a shock because as you said, he's a very,
2: very potent super speedway racer. It fits his driving style. I think. People forget that in this era, these kids like Justin—they've run Super Speedways in ARCA, they've run them in. Trucks, I was going to say, Xfinity, let's remind, let's remind
0: know, ourselves that Justin Haley ran an ARCA race at Talladega to get NASCAR approval for Super Speedways, and oh, I wonder what yeah, happened that day. He, he won. won, yeah.
2: Um, so, I mean, again, I—I—I I, I don't see this as being that much of a surprise. In that sense, but I—that's uh, a that, tiny one, certainly. Lenny Pond, you know, days like—I will say this before we go to break—and and this is a great way to cap off the segment. Days like yesterday, where you get a Haley or a Lenny Pond or a Tiny Lund, give hope to every other team that's busting their ass every week to go out and put a car on the track that someday. It might just be them.
0: As T.J. Puker said in the post-race press conference, this moment right here is why
2: we fight. Yep, that's exactly right. So, you know, that was a great question, a good segment. Guys, we'll be back with more uh, of the Lead Lap Radio Show right after these words.
1: The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has
2: been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication, but it's those tough choices that helped me
5: prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges
2: tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force.
9: Hi, I'm Timmy Salamito and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports
1: Network. Now back to the show.
2: Welcome back to League Lap Radio, and I guess we can deviate from all the big series, national series NASCAR controversy to talk about another controversy that happened over the weekend, still in the NASCAR realm, but um, with modifieds, NASCAR wheel and tour mods were racing at Riverhead. Now, just that enough, just that would be enough to imply that we're going to have some issues because Riverhead is a very... Small and very tight racetrack, and the driving there is normally pretty aggressive. Um, Over the weekend, Justin Bonsignor was running with uh, one of the local guys for the lead at, again, late race on a restart. And Bonsignor, uh, let's just say that they banged fenders a little bit. Uh, you know, if, if, if that's how you want to put it there, I, in, in my opinion, that both guys were, were initiating the banging, but they're banging fenders, banging, whatever. Yep. And all of a sudden we get to the end, the last lap, Monsignor drives him up the track just a little bit.
0: This was the last restart actually. Yeah. yeah. And,
2: and just a little bit. And you know, at the it coming out of four to the
0: line. Uh, no, no, no. It was that he drove him up the track the first lap of the last restart. Is yes, how that happened.
2: Yes, but then coming to the line, the other driver got together with him, and Bonsignor went spinning. And still won. And still won. He spun and one, He crossed the finish line sideways, kind of like Richie Evans did back in the day with Jeff Bodine in in one race at Martinsville, where yep. Bodine actually was basically on the wall that pictures in uh, the media
0: center at Martinsville yeah
2: um, it was one of the greatest finishes ever in the history of Martinsville but but anyways you know we 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 have this controversy now Shocker. I watched the video of that um, and personally I didn't find anything wrong with it I mean I didn't think Justin Bonsignor Justin said afterward I hate driving that way I don't like to race that way but you know, we're going for a win here. <laughs> Where have we heard that before? Um, I feel like this, again, is an example of, you know, okay, you know, everybody freaks out whenever there's contact anymore. You know, you, you're you not allowed to touch the guy next to you or, you know, bang fenders or in this case, nerf bars is pretty much how it sums up in a modified you're just not allowed to talk I didn't think this was anything that Justin Bonsignor did that the other guy didn't do, so every, I don't know why everybody got on Justin about about that win. Did you see the video, Jacob? I did not see the video, but
0: I read up on it, and at the end of the day, it comes back to the situation we were talking about earlier with Brad kislowski. you're going get you're, you're going to race and get raced the way you race other exactly. People yeah so you know when the uh, the local that Justin was racing against, basically you know the couple restarts before used him up a little bit at that point on the last restart. Uh, And and what I didn't get about this whole thing is the last restart, he gave Justin the bottom at a quarter mile. Yeah. Why are you going to – yes, John Beatty. John Beatty Jr. Why why are you going to give up the bottom on a restart on a quarter mile?
2: (laughs) Come on. Well, this is the thing. Like, John, this is what really set this whole thing up. You're exactly right, was that John had his choice. He had lane choice. He was a leader. He had lane choice for the last restart, chose the top. And so, you know, Monsignor chooses the bottom. Well, yeah, he's driving, you know, up the track. He didn't put the guy in the wall. Um, Here's Monsignor talking about about this on Speed 51's morning show this morning. It's quarter mile short track racing. I was definitely very aggressive on my move. um, But coming to the checkered um, with a shot at three in a row at my home track, another shot at a tour win there, I was just not going to let him have it. My guys deserve to have me go for everything I have and go for those wins. And we were fortunate to come out on top and not get too much damage in the process. He says, goes on to say, neither of us wrecked. Well, I did wreck, but we both finished. Come on in, Mr. Terrio. Um, I didn't just go in there and clean him out like other people. We both got back to the line. It's quarter mile racing with a lot of taking and not a lot of giving. We go there to win the bonus points for the wins are really important. I would have never just gone there and cleaned him out, but I had an opportunity and I was able to get my Nerf bar to him. That's why those things on, are on the cars and beat him back to the line. So, you know, I see absolutely nothing wrong with what Justin Belfiore did. Uh, hey, there you went. You went and did I it did again. It, I did it again for the first time and forever. Let me try this again. Justin Belfiore was a great that super you modified driver. yeah Justin <laughs> Bonsignor is the uh, driver we're talking about here. Um, Let, yeah, just. Do, well, do, we you know, need
0: to, do we need to have the laying of hands here? You,
2: you get old <laughs> and then things start compressing. And, you know, look, they're both great guys and they're both great drivers. So I can insult either one. Um, but, you know, Bonsignor, I don't see anything wrong with what Bonsignor did here.
0: No, not at all. I just, Period. It's know, short
2: track racing. End of story. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's uh, I think it's awesome, to yes. be honest with you, that it was that that close of a finish. And, you know, it's a shame that the local didn't win. But you know what? Again, nobody he's took anybody close, out. Uh,
0: he's been close for a couple of years at Riverhead. He's going to
2: have his day. Hi, Austin Terrio. Welcome the to worst the worst for last. <laughs> Well, you know, we, you've probably been in one of those last lap scraps or two in your career, right? Sure have, I, I yeah. Se- I was going to say I seemed to – where was it? Elko a couple years ago
0: in the ARCA car? I, With
9: uh, Kristen Eckes? Yes.
0: I was. I, I knew there was one of the – all that one was slightly cleaner than, than the modified race at Riverhead, but I, I knew I remembered at least one where you guys were beaten all the way to the line.
9: There was another uh, super late model race with Preston Peltier at uh local short track. I'm trying to think of where. A pass race in 2013, I believe. Okay. That was like that was one of the closest pass finishes in in history.
0: I re- I I remember the race like you, I can't remember where it's at, where it was at, but I remember was the race. Is it one of the
2: tracks here?
9: Yeah, it's a couple hours drive from here. Okay. Um but you know, it, it that's just part of racing, you know. When you put, when you put your helmet on, um your your friends are less important than before the race
2: how far though okay you, you know you're a driver who's about to make his cup series debut how far in your mind is too far when it comes to last lap behavior i guess we could say how far is too far
9: i think it's up to the person i think it's up to their standards and the way they want to race or the way they want to be raced um you know at the end of the day you don't want to see anybody get hurt but I I really think it's just I I don't think there's like a law I don't think I think it's it's all it's a personal it's a personal thing and when you go to sleep at night how do you feel about that Yeah, and if you feel if you're like, there's some guys out there that they could care less and I think you have to race them accordingly and there's some guys out there like the people I grew up watching like Mark Martin who they had a higher standard so
2: Yeah, yeah, and I I think. That was probably true in most cases of the majority of the drivers back it, back then. Um, this seems to be a relatively new thing in in racing, especially stock car racing, where okay, you know, rooting somebody out of the way, just rooting them up to get underneath them is one thing, but it seems like more and more it's, you know, pretty much just you know, dump them and win um you know and we see this in so many late model races in this region especially it's it's like a bad disease in my opinion um and this wasn't what happened with bonsignor and Beatty. it was th- that to me was just banging fenders and you know it, it, i don't understand what the controversy was but i just feel like i grew up in an era of course i grew up with super modifieds too you don't do a lot of that um and i remember my hero jimmy champagne at lancaster one night um he he when he went to make a pass on the white flag lap, he got underneath the, the leader going into turn one and they kinda of brushed wheels a little bit. Jimmy got by him. He took the white flag, pulled up, let the guy back by, and won the race. And finished second in the race. And afterward the announcer said, Why did you do that? And he said, If I have to bump a guy out of the way to win a race, I'd rather run second. To me, that's you know, that's how you do it now I understand you're being paid to win and it's kind of whatever but I think there's I think it's been become an interesting discussion anymore because some seem to like I look at Joey Logano Joey gives it but Joey also takes it he knows he's going to get it back and he understands that this is what I'm doing Um, some guys seem to want to give but not take in in some cases. So it's kind of an interesting discussion.
9: Well, I think we can all agree the uh say the younger generation. I mean, we're all considered in that generation, but especially Thank you. Especially you know, the kids that are moving up, it seems like it seems like they're not racing um like we used like like the guys that were veterans when I was racing yeah. like late models. Um I remember the first time I made contact one of the guys came down with his hood. He says, "You, you know, he was swearing at me." And he said, "You just did this," and he he, <laughs> he gave me the he gave me the act, and and I feel like I Ryan feel acts. like yeah, I feel like now <laughs> the question is who's policing it? And uh, like if you look at some of the tours, they still have the veterans racing, but more and more, I feel like the the kids have the house. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah the the kids have the house, and the question is now's a good time for somebody to go back and say this is how we're going to this is how we're going to do things. If yeah. you want to play it this way, here's the consequences. Yeah. <laughs> it, it would be an, it would be interesting. Um and I don't know where, where the sport's going to head, but I, I do think that uh you know, I I've been to some late model races recently and I'm and I'm I was like banging myself in the head like you could have passed this person clean. Why did you why did you hit him knock him out getting in the corner? Is that just because you wanted to do it yeah. or you missed your marks or you know. Yeah,
2: know, it's a, like I said, it's an interesting situation that's developed. And I feel like you're right. The yeah. younger generation ha- is it's it's the first thing a lot of them think of. And,
3: and I think you know, it's all about how you're brought up, because, I mean, if you look at it and you look at shootout, Austin, I know you've been to pretty much every race so far this or every round so far this season. They're tearing up so much equipment over there and I think it's just all about how you're brought up and how you're taught to race and when you're taught to race in that environment that's all you know.
9: And I, I think the pressure sets in even from even from the first week, you know that, that's the first time that I've been to like every single week. Um, and, and I think the, the pressure, whether it's put on by parents or whether it's put on by you know the, the industry, I think takes a toll and, and you've got kids that are, that are out there and they see first place and they're running third on a restart. And they're going to dive it in there, and they're not thinking about the big picture. They're not right. thinking about the rest of their career. <laughs> yep. and, I hate, and I hate to sound like I'm, I'm the expert because I'm not, but I'm trying to put myself in their shoes. Yeah. And, I, and I think it's short-term versus, versus long-term and obviously how they're brought up. But I, I, I think a lot of kids haven't had that talk, and they've, they've not been sit down really well nobody sat him down and said this is how we're going to do it
2: in the case of the shootout I feel like you have way too many dads who are on the headset telling the kid to win at all costs and there's not enough black flags um but that's I think that's a lot of racing too is there needs to be we need to bring back the consequences for making that your first resort instead of your last one and with that we'll take a break we're going to talk to Austin about something he's got going on in a couple of weeks that I know he's excited about and we're excited for him we'll tell you what it is after the break
0: Hi, I'm Dylan Bassett, and you're listening to Race Talk on Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports.
2: Welcome back to Lab Radio. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Randy Miller, Chris Murdoch over there, and at the head of the table, Austin Terrio has joined us. Happy to have Austin here for uh, most of the second half of our show. And Austin, you have got... Man, I just can't even imagine how excited you are because not only are you making your Cup Series debut in a couple of weeks, which would be more than enough to to be excited about, but you're doing it at what is obviously your home track at uh, New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Can you talk about how this all came together and uh, just talk about what your feelings are? you got to be pretty stoked.
9: Absolutely. There There was times in 2018 that – I wasn't sure if I was ever going to get an opportunity like this again. So, really really happy uh to be making my cup debut especially at Loudoun. I tell people as a kid I used to sit in the you know near near the start finish line. Um remember like, you know, mid-July it was always really warm there and uh Mark Martin was my favorite driver. This is before I started racing. Yeah. So, you know, mm-hmm. going from being a fan um to somebody that's been on the track there before and in can and can't end cars and Act cars and you know trucks and XFINITY cars, but just just making that uh, Cup field is going to be pretty special for me. So it's been in the works for you know three to four months, um, but but like I said, it's uh, it just feels so good after what happened in 2017 and then kind of you know going through some un- unknowns in 2018 with sponsorship issues and whatnot, coming back at it now with with some good support. Um, I'm excited to see what, what, what it brings, you know, uh, we all have the expectations. We, we know, we know, um, where we're going to run and whatnot. It's is not, this is not Daytona or Talladega where you can stay out and win the race. Um, so, you know, the biggest thing for me is just to be consistent, um, you know, feel out what a cup car feels like. And even though I've won Arca races and championships, it's still going to be different.
2: Now, obviously this is, as you said, is going to be very different for you, but I think after the last, as you said, you've struggled a little bit with sponsorship issues. And, you know, it's not as if this is kind of your first ascension. I mean, you've had some good runs in the Truck Series. You, you, you had great runs in the Xfinity Series. Um, you know, you've, you've, you're accomplished. People know you. And yet, um, you've struggled to put together the necessary funding. Talk about what it's like reality wise to, to try and put these deals together. And I feel like that, that target sort of changes every year uh, the way that, you know, just wherever the economy is or how, or however, um, what's it been like for you to just have to grind and grind and grind to make that happen?
9: Well, the sports always changing and in flux, like you said, it's uh you know, one, one model works for five years and yeah. then a different model works for five years, depending on where the economy is. But, uh, you know, if you look at my career, there's so many different variables in in in, in NASCAR or to make it to NASCAR. It sponsorships important, but you know it's like you look at my injury in twenty in 2015. Um, that certainly played a role, and and it's debatable how. But you know it, that's why I say everybody's different, and and you know I don't want people to look at me and say well. Um, you know, we feel sorry for him because he, what he's gone through and his accident and all that. But I, in a way, you know, certainly I feel like it kind of put me back in my in, in sure, my career sure development. Did, yeah. um, but at the same time, I wouldn't have won the Arca Championship, and I wouldn't have met Trader at the point I met with. <laughs> I, I met him at PRI and stuff. So, you know, the way you lay out your career, it's like every every single step along the way in some way or another is a learning experience, and you you can't you can't look back and regret. You know, I I like to look forward, and so going back to your question, I'm I'm just excited because knowing how difficult the sport is now, and you know, when, when people ask me what's it take to make it, there's no there's no summary. You you can't put it on paper. You really you really can't. It's it's a situational thing. You know, hey, you want to end up here? Um, it's almost like the answer of the month, yeah. or the answer of of, of at least uh, the year. You know, where, where do I want to end up? And so for somebody that's legends or, or you know, late models and what, it's going to be different for them than it's di- than it was for me. Right. And it's going to be different for the next generation too. So um, I'm excited to see what comes of this on the 21st, and I feel like there's going to be some opportunities after. It's just a matter of uh, just getting the ball rolling.
2: Talk about Schrader a little bit because being able to drive for Ken Schrader – it, to me, would be one of the most enjoyable experiences of one's career. It doesn't matter what level it is, whether you're driving a dirt car, driving an a car, whatever. Could you talk about Schrader a little bit, or maybe tell us a, a story or two? Because I'm sure you've got many.
9: Yeah, um, some of them that we can't talk about on the show, but
2: <laughs>
4: we're not FCC
2: regulated, no, but
9: that's... we are a family show. <laughs> that's okay. There may
4: not be enough time in the show to talk about. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to remember
9: which finger he's missing, uh, but. Anyway, he's he's been there and done that. He's seen everything. He's got a story for everything, and I'm not a I'm actually not a story guy. So when <laughs> when he, when he says it, all I can do is laugh. Um, but one thing one thing he did teach me is he's been in so many different race cars more than I think I'll ever be. Well, I know for sure. Oh, sure, I'm sure for that's sure, I'm going to be. <laughs> yeah. He'll you know if this if this has wheels on it, he, he'll find a way to race it. Yeah, and and win. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, and and you know for us for us drivers and this generation of drivers the way we like things oh you know i've got to i've got to make sure the the padding fits me yeah. and i've got to make you know especially for for my back but in any in any case he'll he'll make the best of of like a, either a mediocre situation right. or an average situation and he'll find he'll find a way to get it up front we were testing at i think toledo in 27 or yeah testing in toledo we had the uh, practice in the race and um, I remember saying, hey, we don't need the car to do this and ma- need to make an adjustment for the center and exit. And, uh, you know, he, he came on the radio and said, S- stop complaining, just drive the thing. So, <laughs> you know, I, 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 the argument I had is, well, we need to find a happy medium. But having that different perspective of somebody that's been at the cup level during the during the time yeah. when you just got in and drove, I think, uh, you know, you, you you at least find out, where that happy medium is because you don't want to be on one side and just complain and, and, you know, be the driver. That's always complaining, but you you don't want to be on the other side. (laughs) I feel like you've got to have some, you know, some (laughs) standards, but uh, that's just, just the world we live in now with safety and whatnot, but Schroeder just does it. And he, he, he's successful and he's still racing. And Um, he's still successful. I've (laughs) I've driven his dirt car at uh, Peevely, right? Oh, you have. Yeah. Well, for, just a test session and he oh, wow. he pulled me out he said no more no more he says you're going to learn too many bad habits for the arca car so <laughs>
0: hey <laughs> at least he's smart and recognizes that
9: yeah once he saw me uh you know hit the gas in the center of the corner to get the car sideways he said no we're we're done <laughs> we're done you don't do that and you don't do that in uh uh you know heavy cars stock cars
2: how much fun was that though
9: it was fun you almost got to do like Everything completely different. The way you get in the yeah, corner, the so way you get to the center, yeah, yeah, yep.
2: Yeah. Turn those things to the gas, mm-hmm. you know. But w- would you like to race one at some point if you had the chance to?
9: Sure, sure. Yeah,
2: he's a racer. He'd race. Yeah, anyone. I mean that's just the thing. It's like I, I feel I like, like
9: to be. I like to be going. to Where are they going? Do, is it do corner Springfield first?
2: I think it's Springfield first. Yeah,
9: I'd like to be going to Duc- uh, to Springfield. <laughs> that's, sure. Why but, not? But right? you know, that's I have a, I have a pretty good record at dirt tracks. I think it's like one for two, but but still, I mean, uh, those tracks are a lot of fun.
0: To circle back to the cup car for a couple minutes, uh, what what's the emotion for you? I mean, you referenced earlier that at one point last year you weren't sure if driving anything was going to be a reality again and you've certainly made you know quite a nice mark for yourself now helping younger drivers on the marketing side what is the emotions like getting ready to go into Loudoun and knowing you have another shot now to reestablish yourself
9: it's uh it's very important to me I feel like I feel like it's something that I'm going to be able to look back at and say you know what um I've had I've had the opportunity to race a cup car and I, and I feel like it, it does open up a lot of other opportunities. People say, well, you're, you know, here's where you're going to be running, but let's look at where the sport's going. There's big changes on the yeah. horizon. And mm-hmm. we, we could stand here, sit here all night and say, well, what's going to happen? Well, we don't really know. But we know things are going to change, and we know that the cup drivers are aging out. So mm-hmm. I'd say, you know, the, the, the drivers that get themselves cup-rated and cup-approved um, are going to have the advantage going into 2021 and 2022. So that's you know that's my strategy. Um, you know, going back going back to your question, I I'm just fortunate. You know, no matter what happens, uh, there's just not a lot of people that can say they've had the opportunities. And uh, in, no matter the, the the sort of challenges, I, I've I found a way. I think to to use the challenges as like a motivation. Because if not, what's the point? You know, right. what's the point of continuing when you when you continue to claw at something? right eventually you look at yourself and you say well uh, how how much farther do you want to go but but the thing i've learned is those are actually the times when things happen is the is the time where you're where you're like why am i continuing to pursue this and there's a lot of people that have you know have shared the same story that are racing high levels of the sport now they may not be you know in the best equipment but they they've got a job and they have an opportunity Mm -hmm. so you know, people have to keep that in mind, and it's definitely a, it was a perspective shift for me uh, last year or the year before because when I came down here, I wanted to be in the best stuff possible. I wanted to be, you know, whether it was late models. And why wouldn't you? Yeah, you, you should. Every, yeah. every driver that comes to town wants to win races, sure. and they want to be in the best equipment. But at some point, the industry on the, from the competition side blends in with the business side, and so you've got to keep both of those in mind. Um, and then you know the most important question is on the business side, where does it make the most sense to attract sponsors? And you, you, we all know the answer to that, right? It's the it's it's at the cup level. Sure. So that's what I'm saying. I, I think I think people have to keep an open mind when it comes to uh, where they end up. And and
2: I I, I want to follow that. We got to go to a break, but when we come out uh, the other side of the break, I want to follow up on that because you, you there's a trend that's going on that I think is kind of what you're talking about right now. And I want to have some discussion about it. We'll be back with more with Austin Terrio. Lead Lap Radio continues presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders of motorsport safety right after this.
1: Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less,
2: You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at HMSMotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media sent you. Hi, this is John
3: Androsik of Five for Fighting, here for Rad, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends don't let friends drive drunk.
7: A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters and the Ad Council.
9: Hi, this is Austin Terrio, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show.
2: So now we can add ventriloquist to the resume of Austin Terrio, who has basically now just brought himself back from a break. Um, because why not? Because we can. You know, we just like to have fun with, with the guys like that. Um, Austin, you, you were making a great point, what I think is a great point before we had to, to go break. And you were talking about how, you know, this is a business and, you know, you need, you want to have a job and everybody wants to win, but you know, you got to keep an open mind. And I've been noticing that more and more I'm seeing drivers instead of trying to, of course, the ones that can afford it, just go out and do it. But I'm seeing more and more drivers who are coming into Xfinity or into even the cup level. And they're doing it with lower teams. And and I feel like, I mean, I know that's probably been happening in some way, shape or form for years, but I feel like they're doing it now as part of their plan. And I look at this and I say to me, that's smart because you can do it for a lot less money with some of the lower teams than you can with obviously the top teams. And number one, you have, you want to work in racing. You want to drive and be able to su- support yourself, um, you know, so maybe you can't get the big opportunity right off the bat, but maybe it's smarter and a better value even in some cases for sponsors to come into the sport and give them a taste with the hope that, you know, if, if if they like what they see and I get an opportunity, they go with me. I kind of feel like that's where you're going with this and you're feeling like Cup is it makes all the sense in the world. And I agree.
9: Yeah, because the the cost of entry is lower. If I you know that doesn't makes sense to the people that are, you know, maybe listening, but the, you're able to build your sponsorship, uh, portfolio and for, for sponsors they can dip their toe in, um, at a very healthy level in the cup series. And they may not be running up front, but they're still going to get some pretty good exposure. Right. And, you know, you put, uh, you put a, a good group of sponsors together. They can go with you for a while. And they're automatically going to be getting, you know, the exposure they can activate at the racetrack and still be at the Cup race. Right. Um, so, like I said, there's way, way more, and I, we don't, there's no debate. There's way more companies that can afford, um, you know, let's say a hundred thousand dollar year sponsorship sure. than there is that can, you know, afford a million dollar sponsorship. Or in the past, we've seen these, you know, large companies come in and take a yep. whole season for twenty five you know, twenty five or twenty million. There's very few companies that can do that right. or, or that will consider doing it so you know you, you've got to look at it's the law of averages you you know why fight the law of averages when you can uh, when you can just put yourself in a position to be on be on a, a cup track learning the tracks uh, look, look what Bowman did you know Bowman had an opportunity not everybody's yep. gonna get an opportunity that that he had but still it's an example of uh, somebody that's sort of Claude and fought for opportunities and you know all of a sudden who's this guy he's always been racing for a year you know
2: well and i just saw an article a couple of weeks ago that actually talked about the fact that there are more fortune 500 companies involved in nascar right now than there ever has been and at first you hear that and you say no that can't be right but then if you think about the strategy that you 've just outlined, i mean you 've got what two or three sponsors that are combining for your your cup start mm-hmm. I mean you know you 're seeing more come in because they 're doing it in these sort of little groups with the lower teams um, and so it's it 's a different way to gain the exposure as you said at a very very low price. And then maybe if things go well, you know, they're able to elevate themselves with you. And I think that's, to me, that's a great strategy is to, to try to approach sponsors with, you know, look, STP, Richard Petty, Lowe's, Jimmy Johnson, you know, these these team sponsor to driver, you want to be able to brand yourself with a, parti- a particular sponsor, and maybe that, as you go up, maybe it's not your main sponsor, but you've still got that connection so that when people hear one, they automatically think the other.
0: Even uh, Justin Haley
2: and uh, FOE, the Fraternal Order of Eagles. Oh, boy, that got a big boost yeah. <laughs> in the last 24 hours, mm-hmm. didn't it? You know, and there's, an, there's a great example. They're not, you know, able to, to do the kind of money that the other sponsors – are but you know justin has done a good job with them and you know and, and has kind of put that into a situation where i think people do think foe when they think justin haley you know and so it's a really interesting business approach to try and do it the way you're doing it and you know rick Ware racing is a great example of a team that allows you to do that and still puts decent equipment out there where, you, you know, you can go out and run. And, and it's, it's a great way to get started.
9: Exactly. And the other thing, like, you know, companies are looking for ways to do business with each other. And, well, exactly. Uh, yeah, That's why yeah, I was talking about the yeah, groups. Yeah, yeah, business to business. Yeah. You know, like I said, you, there, there's four main, main companies, but they're also from Maine and based in Maine. And, you know, pe- people know of, of them up there if, if they're from the area. So it's that sort of collaboration that makes it possible.
3: And I think what's interesting to me and what makes it more intriguing from a sponsor's point of view for, you know, NASCAR and especially at the cup level, the amount of access the fans have to the drivers, the the garage area is unheard of in like any other sport other than yeah. maybe IndyCar. Um, it's just crazy the amount of access, the amount of eyes that can be on your car. Uh, not even considering the amount of TV exposure from the weekend.
9: I mean, ju- ju- just imagine if if you're if you're a medium-sized company and you've invested in, um, you know, let's say it's myself and you're at Loudon, um, and all of a sudden you see Jimmy Johnson walk by. Yeah. You've got guests with you. Yeah. You know, the that sort of opportunity I think is is what we're talking about here. Right. You can still have the experience um, for for a fraction of the cost, and maybe that partnership grows in into some sort of jimmy johnson partnership but you've just watched him walk by and the customer that's you know thinking about doing business with you from a sponsorship standpoint uh, or or, you know the sponsor wants them as a client yeah they're all excited and and they go and and do a business deal together because they just had a heck of a time at the yeah you've
2: just given them the chance to to go you know shake jimmy johnson's hand or whatever And, and so you obviously hope that they don't decide to go over. Well, there. we've heard but, stories of that you know, before. But I mean, again, that's a part of it. And, yeah. and but but the idea of B2B and the idea of being able to you know, to have these lower teams provide a similar experience and you can get so much more out of a driver like yourself You know, for a much lower cost than what you would get out of a you know a Kevin Harvick or whomever, and no disrespect to those guys, they're not getting out of the motorhome for you know the for for the type of sponsorship that you probably are getting for for any of those companies. You know, but putting them together gets you on the racetrack, and you're going to go out and treat them like gold because they're helping you.
9: And, And part of that comes from being around the sport during its heyday. You have you have such a such a you know an image of what what you think people deserve, and so that's why you don't come out of the motorhome for for what we would and what we would be happy to you right. know we 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 do anything for that. Um, well,
2: I mean, I heard a story a while back, and I know it to be true, and I won't mention the driver, but he was one of the elite drivers at the time. And Cup was offered seventy five thousand dollars to do two hours. Um, two hour appearance with a local um charitable organization. Okay. Um it would, would have been on a Friday night and he turned it down. Mm-hmm. Not doing it. You know, I'd rather sit in my motorhome. Um <laughs> you know, I think that, that, for seventy-five that. grand, you would probably gone and signed all the autographs someone wants. Yeah, we right? could go
9: to Epic every every night for a year, probably. Huh? <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean that's you know this is what I'm saying, and you know I think sponsors miss out on the fact that there's a lot of opportunity down below to be. Maybe you're a little fish in the overall big pond, but you could be a really big fish at Rickware Racing for a fraction of what you're going to get, you know, Stuart Haas or whomever, mm-hmm. you know, whoever it would be. Um, so you've managed to put together, you said all four of your, you got four? Yeah, four. And they're all main man E. Yeah. Base M- M-A-I- M-A-I- <laughs> was trying to get to the We've E got, got as bang- opposed to yeah. Maine sponsors but they're from Maine you is got, where I was got got trying to
9: Bangor get Bangor Savings Bank, Cross Insurance, Daigle Oil Company, and uh EJ Prescott. Yeah. So most of them I've had relationships with for a while. So that's what I'm saying. Things when you plant a seed, it takes it takes years to grow. Yeah. You know. So yep. here we are.
0: I am curious. You mentioned that this has been kind of in the works for a couple months. When did you actually in this process finally get connected with with Rick and really start the discussion to make all this happen.
2: You're well, you're smiling. <laughs> Uh-oh, story time kids. <laughs>
9: <laughs> you you're good. Well, you know, long story short, Archie Saint-Hilaire, uh, owner of Go Fast Racing mm-hmm. and uh LaJoy, yep, you know, team owner 32 car. That's what I'm saying. We we've been he's been pushing me to pursue this for a while. And that's why I think, it, like I said before, as my opinions have been evolving about like really the best path to take, mm-hmm. um, I, 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 it's not that I wasn't listening to him, but sometimes you have to do and see and see the results, and then right. maybe you start listening to other yep. people. Um, I've always, you know, kind of like to pursue my own path, but uh, I, like I said, his you know his thought process is what we've been talking about for a while here, so you know going into 2019 it's like look we need to find a way to make this happen so i uh, certainly had some discussions with some other people but um you know the past uh, past couple months it, it was narrowed down and um you know able put able to put the deal together
2: and and rick ends up being the choice which is uh you know rick is is starting to get a, a good reputation for giving drivers like yourself the opportunity and you know, putting them in equipment that can it, – it's going to go out and you can run well enough to at least show, hey, I belong here.
5: Mm-hmm.
9: And uh, did you guys talk about Andy at all?
2: I, I was getting ready to
0: mention that, in fact, that you two are – both New Englanders, both making your Cup debuts kind of alongside one another and both really have – forged a a bit
2: of a similar path in a way in that you've had to fight for everything you've gotten let's uh let's table that because again we're getting close to a break here let's let's just uh, talk about that after the break because yes one of our favorite people in the whole world andy seiss also a part of this whole thing and we'll talk about uh the new team that's being formed for Loudon uh right after these words we'll be back with more of legal Lap radio
8: For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance,
0: and the Ad Council.
4: Hi, I'm Matt
2: Tift, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. speaking of drivers for whom it seemed cup made more sense Matt Tift falls into that category Indeed, and uh first year in cup and picked himself up a top 10 finish over the weekend at Daytona so Tal- uh,
0: yeah yeah I'm I'm getting all tongue we were talking about Talladega during the break and my brain's all screwed up now
2: as I said, it's because at Daytona yeah, over at the weekend.
0: Daytona, so, yeah, somebody is this. Where, th- this is where we say the plug and we'll, tell them to
2: reboot we'll me. Well, reboot isn't it? the kid. We, we haven't even
0: talked about them all we night. Did, oh, did we did actually. Yes, yes we did. Oh,
2: oh, I there. was over there. Fixing. You were doing tech things while I, I talked do- about the tech company. <laughs> I said we needed to call
4: somebody from my computer career to yeah. come and save you but yeah. you guys looked like you were struggling.
0: No, we, we weren't struggling that bad. It was just a matter <laughs> of turning knobs and making it all. Work we do
2: this every week, Austin. It's a lot of fun, actually.
0: Now, since you brought up. Matt Tift, I actually wanted to get your opinion, Austin, on what went down on Sunday, and just kind of from a driver who's been—you know—you've been trying to make your mark. Your opinion of what Sunday means for a driver like Justin Haley, and just to have that that moment in the sun.
9: Well, and I think it adds it adds to the fact that he the underdog status. Yeah. I feel like um, makes the win even better. For him, right, mm-hmm. or for or for the team, um, if it was Harvick, I think we'd all say, "Oh, awesome!" Har- you know, Harvick had yeah. a good weekend. Or if it was anybody else, but um, you almost want you almost want to put yourself in his shoes and be like, "Well, how did it feel when um, when Joey?" I don't know if you, you guys saw the video where Joey, who works at Spire, came back and kind of hugged yeah. Justin and he whispered something, and I don't think we we heard what it was, or at least I didn't hear. Uh, but you, you wonder what that conversation was like. Yeah. And, and the relief which he didn't show he didn't he didn't really show it but like you you could almost see like the the cells in his body were just like opened up because he was so (laughs) tense
3: (laughs) that well well, i did think it was funny that his face was about as red as the red mbc logo that they used for the red flag because he was just so nervous yeah
9: and uh, you know like i said it's it's an awesome it's awesome to see it and it and it and it adds a little bit of flavor to the the whole discussion we had before. Yeah, you, only, you go to you know Daytona a couple of times, you get Talladega. That's not going to happen every week, but right. it's it, it it just goes to show that you do never know. Right. It, it right. could it could have been it, you know what if it was what if it was somebody you know somebody new in the fifty one or some yeah what if it was uh, you know Quinn Half or something right he was in the seventy seven yeah you, you never know
0: right I I talked about that off the top of the show you know we we it gives credence to what we always say on any given day you can ha- you know you can have that moment well you know? that's
2: it and and so we were about to discuss the fact that you have a teammate for this race who that you're going to be running at, at New Hampshire in a couple of weeks who is also well he's from New England he's now down here like you are but um, Andy Sice is going to be joining you, uh, with Rick Ware Racing, and you were explaining to us that you know this wasn't planned, this you two kind of had your own separate situations going on, and it just ended up that it came together for the same team at the same time, and it's like. You know, oh, really? Andy's running <laughs> you know like well, so am I, so you got kind of that all New England flavor going
9: yeah you have, you have the it's like the universe is aligning yeah. um you have all of these variables out there, like i said i was I was talking to different people, and then all of a sudden, Andy must have been talking to them, and it it just came together, so happy for him, happy, happy that Rick gave him a, an opportunity yeah uh, that's that's his home track too, so yep, he'll have family and friends and I was joking around, and I'm not trying to over be dramatic, but just just because it's loud, and you could imagine like for his family too, just just kind of seeing him in a cup opportunity. Of course, when, when they do the flyover sure. and the national anthem, like I'm not trying to downplay my experiences at like the truck level there or the Xfinity right. level, but you know, it's I, cup. You put yourself you put yourself in the grandstands, yeah. and ten years ago, you were watching that. And you, right. you never thought that was going to be possible, so yep. um happy for him and we we joke around we we joke around because he's he's had you know uh, say tough or he's de- he's had to work really hard for his opportunities and he's had to you know turn wrenches and stuff like that so i think we've we've taken different different routes um and it's kind of converged,
2: yeah, i mean it's just interesting how it's ended up that way and you know for those who aren 't from that part of the country, I can tell you as somebody who is from central New York originally, which okay it isn 't in New England, but it's basically uh part of the northeast the 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 intensity of the fan at in that part of the country is still very much um it's just a very different experience the The passion for motorsports in that part of the country is still the same as it was, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago and they will embrace Andy Sice and Austin Terrio running for Rick Ware Racing doesn't matter what chance you have to win. The mm-hmm. fact that you're doing it, they're going to be cheering like crazy for both of you guys. It's just a different it's a different situation up there.
9: It, it is and and I wish and I, I wish it. New England was represented a little bit more. I mean, there's some, but uh, if you look at especially Maine, there's a, there's a lot of race fans yeah. up there. It's it's a big state from an area standpoint, only a million people, but like you know I I, I people message me and they're like, look, and we talked about this. I think it was at the shootout. The last person from Maine to make a Cup start was Ricky Craven in four yeah. yeah. So you so like you've got you've got the some of the fans up there that when when Earnhardt uh, you know passed or when when these guys retired, they never really attached to anybody else and obviously like I said I'm I'm gonna be running in the back but at the end of the day there there's a little bit of an emotional connection so I think
2: it's a basically a regionality pride kind of thing
9: so going back to what does Austin feel like the sport needs this I think sometimes we 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 focus too much on the racing we focus on what are the replies on Twitter what are people saying on Twitter but if you ask the people that no longer follow um it's, it's it's the emotional connection to the drivers. Yeah. And and so if we want to see racing return to the heyday, I think somehow the answer is the drivers. It's not what the car looks like. And I think that's a, that's an inconvenient uh, thing to say because it's very much more complicated to, to try to figure out uh, what's going on in the mind of a fan when we try to connect them emotionally with a driver than it is to say, well, why don't we try this part and why don't we try this part on the car? You know, the car's going to be closer. I guarantee you at the end of the day, if it was, you know, if, if it was bumper to bumper every single lap, um, you, you know, you'd still have to find a way to have, have the fans connect with the drivers. Well, of
2: course. I've told everybody for years because they well, how can you watch cars go in a circle? Because I know some of the drivers in those cars, and I want them to go in a faster circle than the other guys, right? I mean, than girls. So, I agree with what you're saying. I think it is the emotional connection to the driver. And I think one of the the things when you drill down is, you know, these young drivers get there so quickly that nobody knows them yet. It's not even always. I mean, there's a certain part of the, the NASCAR fan base um, that, that is, you know, I just it I use the word ignorant on purpose. They're just ignorant because they, they it's the spoiled little rich kid. Well, Don't say that, but I understand what the deal is. The problem you have is that all of a sudden they're there and you don't know why they're there. They're just there because they had enough money to be there. But these kids start racing late models at 12, And that's where all that started, in my opinion, is when tracks started letting kids race late models at 10, 11, 12, instead of making them wait till they're 16 or 17, it accelerated the skill set development to the point where they're ready for Cup. Not necessarily Cup, but they're ready for trucks or even Xfinity at 18 years old or 19 years old. And their brand's not built yet. They haven't built a fan base. Mm Mm-hmm. There's not a fan base for them, so nobody has that emotional connection. But the
9: industry, like I said, they they have to follow the pace of the industry. If they don't, they're going to be left behind. That's right. You can't necessarily fault that. But you ever hear the terminology, all politics is local? It it goes back to to, as far as racing is concerned. To build something up, it starts locally. It starts regionally. And so that's what I'm saying. I think we have to go back to just – and it's not as easy as, as doing a Facebook Live and, and, and being, right. you know, at your local track. I think we've really got to put money behind getting some of these famous drivers at local tracks. We've, we've got to re-engage the fan base. And it's going to seem small at first because why would you, you know, why would you spend X amount of money to go, you know, race in front of a thousand people? But it's a cumulative effect, you know. Right. We have to re-engage with where we're from and we, we can't we can't forget where we're from.
0: Well, it's interesting that you talk about engaging on a a local level, and I'll substitute the term grassroots level because that's really, um, you know, I'll I'll call it your day job right now for lack of a better term, but you've really, really grabbed hold of that with working with with PMG on the marketing side and working with some of the younger drivers trying to give back now.
9: Yeah, and and like I said, it's having that different perspective helps, and sometimes Sometimes you you can't be the most popular person in the room. Right? Mm-hmm. Because because you know, if that's the case then you're you're always saying what um people want to hear. Right. And so that, that I guess that's what I'm saying. I go back to that's just the confidence level that I found in this industry is I just <laughs> I try not to be overly vocal um when people ask me for advice, they say, you know, what do you, what do you think I should do and and sometimes I'm very blunt with them and I'll say, well, you, you know, you don't you don't need to, be do- need to be doing this, you need to be doing this. Because here's why, right? And um, you know, you, you certainly can't help everybody, but you you help the people that you can, and the people that are willing to listen. And there's certainly a lot of people that are willing to listen. And I and and I and I think we've all seen that. There's also a fair share of people that um, have everything figured out, and I think we we see how that works out.
1: Yeah,
2: even. I mean, well, yeah, because this sport can humble you in a hurry. I don't care mm-hmm. how much money you've got, you know, you still got to go and run the races. And and if you think that you're going to get there. And hey, I'm a superstar because I have all this money. You know, guys like Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch are going to disagree with you in a big way. (laughs) They're going to let you know that.
9: And, you know, know, I'm not going to name any names. And, uh, you know, there's probably a reason in their mind, but there's plenty of drivers out there that had the sponsorship and had the funding that never made a cup start. Mm -hmm. So So you let that sink in for a second. What was their goal? Yeah, everybody's goal from 10 years old when they're start when they first start racing to race on the cup level. Yep. So what happened along the way? And that's what I'm saying. At, at the end of the day, there's um, there's different paths people can take. And, and I think you're seeing in a, you're seeing that all evolve. And it's a fun time to be in the sport.
2: It really is. I agree with that totally. I I love to see where the sport's going. OK, when to give you a chance to uh, give some shout outs where they belong, because we know that there's a lot of people helping you put this together to make your first cup start.
9: Well, absolutely. Well, thanks again for having me on the show. Of course, um, everybody can follow follow along social media. Uh, we're going to try to try to hit it hard next week. The race is on the twenty first. Um, I'm actually traveling to Maine for some Bangor Savings Bank appearances and, and other local appearances. Going to be up there, uh famous bar, Bentley Saloon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> got the, I think that's oh, yeah. wen- Wednesday from, from 4 to 7. So, like I said, Bangor Savings Bank, Cross Insurance. and uh, say,
0: say hi to Bentley for us, by the way.
9: Okay, I will. i uh, will probably have some pictures, um, you know, and g- going back to what I was saying, uh, E.J. Prescott and Dago Oil Company. But just, just the, the fan base up there. Um, it's going to be a special time for me, and and you know we'll have T-shirts at the track for sale and, and everything like that. And
2: Give him the marker. Let him sign the wall of I fame here. Yes, yep. we've got about a minute left or so. So Austin Terrio is going to sign our wall of fame here in the studio. He'll put his headset down, or you can take it with you. You got you me it. off. Who okay. should I send
9: the bill to? <laughs> no, They're not going to bill me for damaging. No, the wall. no, that's
2: fine. Just go ahead and you know just go ahead and sign it. And uh, while he's signing it, Jacob, you can uh, start to close us up. Here. I suppose I can
0: because we need to get done and uh, say thank you to HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety for what they do to make this show possible as well as uh, our other partners at mycomputercareer.edu and strutmasters.com and uh, Austin thanked us for allowing him to come on we should thank him for coming in and spending the second half of the show with us tonight it's certainly been um, a pleasure to have him in the studio Uh, it's been way too long since we've done that i agree uh, we need
2: to do it more and uh, was nice that's a nice three wide up the middle that you got in there trying to uh, sign terrio in between two other names Yeah, (laughs) your number is changing a lot. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go.
0: So I'll I'll get out of here and say, uh, for Tom Baker, Randy Miller, Chris Murdoch, I'm Jacob Seelman. Keep it off the wall, and if you're headed to a racetrack, we might just see you there. Have a safe racing weekend.
2: Good Good night. You've been listening to Lead Lap Radio, powered by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at HMSMotorsport.com. Lead Lap Radio is a race chaser media production.